Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. We are going, or we have been on this journey of talking through messages on practical faith. Picked up on that? We don't have a banner that said practical faith is what we're preaching through. But we had this thing where we wanted to teach on a couple of things that would explain to you what they are. Um, Forgiveness, giving, conviction. We wanted to settle this thing that there's a requirement for you as a congregant to work out your faith in our body, LRC Church. You got that from the, the past messages? Yeah? The other thing that we wanted is we wanted to give you practical things that you you should be reminded of. So some handles. I think some of us preached it a little bit better than others. Um, I was convicted in the one because I waffle so much. So practically uh, the lesson there was listen twice and speak once. Um, But this morning it is my privilege to, to almost bring to a closing this series, if you want to call it that. To wrap up our season of talking through practical faith. The next couple of weeks, we are embarking on a journey through some of the books in the Old Testament. Remember last year, we went through Romans? Who was here when we did Romans? I've seen so many new faces. It is, it is in, in, encouraging, exciting, and overwhelming at the same time. But we preached through Romans, and now we're going to go into the Old Testament a little bit. For those that were at uh, Theology yesterday, I tried my best to explain a little bit more about the Bible. I hope it it made sense. Um, But where the Bible comes from, it's not a book that was published in 1887 for the first time. Not. Even if it says first edition in the front of your Bible, 1887, it's not the first edition, guys. It's years, years of reality, years of history, years of wisdom that God has left for us. And may we be a church that fall in love with His Word continually couple of things before we get in, in stuck in, in the points that I want to do. May we be a church that are non-negotiable on what the Word of God says. That is truly, as elders, our desire. That that is the plumb line in our lives. And I think in today's day and age, society has told us we, we can interpret a whole lo- lot of things. And what we feel about things and what we think about things are equal to the truth. Well, if you, you believe that, then, yeah, then it must be true. I believe a lot of things that I can tell you that are not true. I used to watch Star Trek. There are just certain things that are not true, no matter how much I believe in it. And then there are those things that we believe we should be lighthearted and frivolous, and we should branch a little bit. And may we explore that in how we worship. May we be a little bit loose in, in our worship, in our musical worship, if you understand that. May we be a little bit more relaxed on um, our worship as a daily expression of, of our relationship with God. That we don't have this thing of it needs to be in my cupboard, in my room, locked, and, and there I worship Him. But may we worship Him every day. When you drive your car, when you walk through the mall, when you are picking which um, brand of oats you're going to buy, may you say, Praise to the risen God. Quietly, a little bit louder, but in your own style. So I want to say, we as a church, we, we're not going to negotiate on when we teach the word. That is, 
God. But can we shake a little bit ourselves out of comfort zones and maybe some traditions and some stuff that we have learned over the years of uh, this is how far I go. And may this be a year where you just step slightly over and say, I'm going to make a noise with my hands. I say that because this morning's worship was quite something. It was louder than normally. It was, it was almost a bit wild. And if you're not used to that, I pray that you get used to that. But it, I hope it didn't offend you. With all the love in my heart. All right. Cool. So wrapping up this, this series, let's do this. Father, I pray for your ability to speak your heart to your children, God. In myself, I am a clanging symbol, but filled with your Holy Spirit and convicted with, with your love and that, Father, I know that you can speak through me, Lord. I rely on you completely and utterly, Father. Holy Spirit, be with us now. Father, convict hearts where they need to be convicted. Bring healing where there needs to be healing. But may it be your message to your church this morning, Father. I pray to, to make sense irrespective of style this morning, in Jesus' name. So the last two weeks, Lainey did a great job, would you agree, on a conviction two weeks ago? And she linked it to the film or the movie. Do we still call them films? I think we call them movies now. And she played the trailer of Hacksaw Ridge. And remember how that guy was so convicted that he will not go to war with the rifle and he shall not take a life. But he, he will save lives. And she explained to us that what a person can achieve when you have a conviction in God in your heart. And then Duan did a good job um, last week. And he said to us, if you do not know where you are heading, there's a likelihood that you're not going to make it. And one of the points that he also mentioned was referring to Lainey's conviction. So for the past two weeks... I feel that we have spoken about us as a people individually knowing our purpose, possibly settling your purpose in your life. Knowing that you, you, you should actually count for more than just going for a 9 to 5 job. And then possibly pursuing our purpose in God. And I want to get stuck in, in wrapping up in that thing of pursuing our purpose. And I've titled the message a couple of times, but what I eventually settled on is a purpose versus purposeful. Because I am concerned that we might get distracted or, or focused on something and it, and it prevents us from achieving what we need to achieve. So open your Bible in 1 Peter 1, verse 14 to 16. I hope when I turn around, it's going to say ESV on the screen. The Bible that we, 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 we mostly read from here is the ESV. For those that don't know it, English Standard Version. And it is from the Revised Standard Version. And they've just announced that they will not be revising the ESV anymore. So all of those mails and WhatsApps that you got that have been bought out by another 
company and all of a sudden we're going to read he and she when it refers to God and we don't know because the ownership of the company is not Christian whether this version will be affected. That has been settled. There are no more revisions to the ESV. It is forever the ESV. That version that we've read, they're not going to do any amendments to that. So you can, with a good conscience, purchase your ESV and read it every day, starting with a proverb a day. 1 Peter 1 verse 14 to 16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written... You shall be holy, for I am holy. And some of us read this and we feel such a heavy. Maybe it's just me. We read it and we think, how on earth am I ever going to be as holy as Jesus was? Like, guys, he gave himself willingly for other people, knowing that they might not choose to accept him Ever. That is a certain degree of, of character. <laughs> that is a very high standard. And when this is, be holy as I'm holy, it is referring to Jesus, but it's also referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. Because it's taking it from Leviticus. In Leviticus where it says, I am the Lord your God, be holy as I am holy. It's still the, the, the Trinity. It's the fullness of the Trinity that it is spoken of. And you read this, I read this, and I thought, how on earth do I live up to a standard on par with Jesus? Like, I, I, I don't have it in myself. When was it? Friday afternoon, Levi phones me or sends me a message at, at 4.30. You know, Levi, the guy on the, the bass guitar. He says, Johan, can you please come and fetch me at church? I was under the impression he went with Marlies and the kids to the bird park and he will get home. And I thought, I've got two hours to myself. I, I needed some prep time and I needed some Johan time. So um, I sent him a message, my voice message. I listened to it yesterday because I'm still a bit embarrassed. But I said, yo, I really hate. Like I'd rather cut myself with knives than driving to Limbro at 4 o'clock on a Friday. Has anybody driven through Limbra on a Friday? Really, it is, it is the most unpleasant thing. Now he's asking me to make my way into Limbro and out of Limbro again at 4.30. So eventually we worked it out and I came and I fetched him. But guys, that heart attitude, he's, he's my boy. And I think I've got a right to choose here. And then still make him feel bad about it. <laughs> like, yo, I am, I am a damaged, damaged person. <laughs> I, I didn't live up to holiness like Jesus lives up to holiness if I had to just measure it. If you had to take out a crit sheet just over the last 48 hours, I would have more not mates than mates. I promise you. Now, there are a lot of you here, I know, that are much better than me. I know this. I, I'm, I know you guys. You are fantastic people. But me, yo, I'm embarrassed by my heart. Now this thing comes and it puts a heavy on me. Like, why? How, God, can you say this? Be holy as I'm holy. So I went and I looked up what this holy means. And this holy means stay away from, from sin. It's, it, it's what it means. 
But there's another meaning to this holiness that I feel we as a church and we as individuals should look to. I'm not retranslating the ESV. I'm not that qualified. And I've just told you it is settled. But there is another meaning to this word. Yes, it means be focused on what you should be focused on. Do not be distracted by the things around you. So Jesus was focused on being the Son of God, the, the, the one that gives propitiation for our sins, that for once and forever atones us and restores us in relationship with the Father. He was so focused on that thing that he even said to one of his friends, when his friend seemed to say a godly thing, Jesus, you can't die. He said to him, I rebuke you, get behind me, Satan. He was so focused on what was ahead of him that he couldn't afford to be distracted by the things of this world. You see what we have done? We have gone and we said that holiness is determined by societal morality. What society says is okay is holiness. So all of a sudden, the Ten Commandments is still there. You shall, you shall not kill. You shall not um, steal. You shall not cover. You shall not... No, 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 no. And we know those. We're we okay with them. We will, we will tick that we haven't done those. But now, that, that's morality in today's day and age. And the, the, the problem is if we equate holiness and sin with morality, we, we're going to fall short because... I promise you, our morals are not based on the Word of God nowadays anymore. I, I'm so sad to break the news to you. If you think that in our country, our morals are still based on anything remotely close to God's infallible Word, you are living under a rock. Morality has become your standard, what you believe. You shall not have a, a question or a, an opinion or a statement about any moral, moral issues. I determine morality. So when I, my first example of looking at this thing with Jesus is the benchmark, I'm looking at it through the eyes of my own morality. I'm looking at it that what is right? I'm supposed to look after the boy. My word, he can't walk home. The moral obligation on me is to, to come and just be this person that you all go, oh, Johan, you're amazing. You sacrificed your comfort to come and fetch that boy that can't communicate. Hey? And I seem to have it holy as he is holy. But in the moment, I didn't have the focus that God had called me in the moment to have. Because at what that boy deserves more than anything is a parent that unconditionally focuses on him. I'm not saying like, all, 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 all's good and well, you can do whatever. But the focus on him is, I will come and fetch you, my boy, but it will be a teachable moment. You will have to communicate better. In future, if you do this again, you will walk. 
That should have been my focus, is how to raise a godly man and not how, how inconvenient for me. But anyway, so I'm the only one that feel that this statement brings a heavy. I'm trying to lift that off myself, and in the process, I hope so do you. But um, I take hope in the succeeding sentence after that, um, that it says that like he is holy. Be holy like he is holy. I take hope in that. Because in myself, I've just told you guys that I cannot achieve it. But in me is Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. And we can try and focus on what he has called us to focus on. The second thing. So, holiness is not just moral sin. Not doing moral sin. You get that. That's the first point. Second point is, let's live free from distractions. got two stories and I'm, I'm not sure whether I should share both of them but let's start with this this first one my my mom one of eight children her second youngest daughter married a, a not so let's let's rather say a man with questionable character hey my mom's sister yeah what did I say no, 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 not my sister. My sister is all good. So my aunt, my mom's youngest sister, marries a man with a questionable <coughs> character. But I think it only happens in Ranfontein. He eventually ends up in jail because he murdered someone. It, it is that questionable. He, he gets released from jail, from prison, early because they send him as an undercover person into a syndicate that, that is in Ranfontein. And two days before Christmas, a certain year, I think I was 15, he is beaten to death. So he's killed. He leaves my aunt and my two cousins, Charles and Chantel. Five and six, they're a year apart. It, guys, when I say questionable character, it is movie stuff. Like diamonds and, and, and drugs and the, the work. So my aunt gets embroiled in this thing. And she says, well, she can't cope with the kids. I go and I live with her from grade 11. And I have Charles and Chantel as my surrogate children. I start raising my cousins. They are they're beautiful. Uh, it was one of my things that I found real purpose in is raising these two amazing bright kids. But they were broken. One of the first movies I took them to go and watch was Lion King. And, you know, like I had to move, leave, because, you know, Mufasa gets killed. And it was so close to him. But they, they become mine. I've got little nicknames for them. I sleep with them at night. I pray with them at night. I poured my life into them. So two years later, Charles is in grade one. And he's doing the 80-meter dash. Is it still 80 meters today, or do all kids run 100 meters now? It's 80, hey? So I'm standing on the side. Charles is running. My aunt is over there. She's going to receive him at the end of the race. He runs. Now, my nickname for him, because he looked like a rainforest frog. I called him Paraiki. So he runs, and as he comes to me, I go, 
Go Baraki, Hartlub. <clears throat> For the English, go Froggy, run. <clears throat> you know that that boy stops in his tracks. He turns to the side and he says, Hey, Johan. And he starts walking towards me. So he wasn't the front runner, but he was half, like, he was in the front. He walks right in front of the other runners and he walks over to me, but with this complete, Hey, Johan. He walks over to me. Distractions, guys. As moral sin distracts us, it takes away the focus from the goal that needed to be achieved. Just He didn't finish the race. The first point under distraction is you, you don't complete what you're supposed to complete. He was supposed to get to the finish line. He stopped halfway because I was his distraction. And you know, it might seem good because he was responsive to my voice. But in the moment, he was supposed to be responsive to reaching the goal, the end. How many things in today are you allowing to distract you from what you know you have to accomplish. The second thing that Paraiki did is he walked in front of the other kids. They didn't complete the race either. You think that your distraction only affects you. I want to tell you it has repercussions on other people. You think those things that distract your attention from Christ in every situation, Him glorified, Him being my Lord and my Savior. You think that there are certain things that you can live with that just won't have any consequences because it's just distracting me. I want to tell you, you do not know in the process who stumbles or fumbles or just completely wipe out. Because of your distraction. And now everybody's going to say, you're putting heavy on us. I am. There should be an obligation on us to live to the standard which we call ourselves. Have I held a gun to anybody's head yet and said, you shall become a Christian? Any, please, if, <laughs> anyone here. I, I hope I've never done that, but you never know. I get very passionate about things. Have I forced anyone here to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? Do we not preach that it is a personal conviction that you make? So who's calling you a Christian other than the people that are mocking us or telling us we are stupid or you Christians? Other than those people, who decides you to be called a Christian? You do. You and I do. And if I've called myself a Christian, I should live up to the standards as a Christian. Now, am I expecting all of us to attain that standard 100% of the time? Not at all. I can't even live up to the thing of surrogate dad to Levi. 
asking you today to take a sober look at what you are distracting yourself with. Distraction. You get distracted, you wipe out others. The last one I'm going to end with this story. Last night we're sitting in bed and it's 11. The phone rings. At 11 o'clock, an unknown number, I'm not eager to answer them. So I let the first one go, second time ring, and then it stops before I can get it, and my Lisa's phone starts ringing the same number. So I thought, okay, let's answer it. So I go, Johanna Lowe, and it's one of our friends, and she's in panic. She's stressed. You can hear it. She's like, my daughter just got burned with hot water, and she's not even with me. She's somewhere else. I don't know where she is. Um, I need to get there. I don't know how to drive with the GPS. I don't know where she is. So it takes us the next 45 minutes. We wake up, Jay Pinkali, we say, come through. We're going to have to take a drive somewhere because um, we need to help out. There's a crisis. Kick into mode. We go through, we get the hospital. We phone the hospital. Like it's first degree burns, but she's okay. She's on a drip. She's got everything she needs. They've put her in, in bandages, so everything is, is okay. There's no real crisis. So eventually we get the mom, our friend, to calm down. And we say it's better to go through in the morning than in uh, last night at 11. So at half past 12, we're back in bed and we have, we have sorted this out. We have, we've helped our friend. I put my head down and God says to me, where was I in this situation? You know that I was so distracted by my meanness, by my... Who I am. I stay calm in, in, in crisis situations. I calm people around me down. I bring a solution. I, I manage the situation. It's me. I forgot to pray with her. I forgot to settle the heart of a mother who can't get to her child who's injured. I missed it. I was so focused in the moment on what I am, what I bring, that I forgot to bring the real thing that was needed in the situation. I forgot to pray for her daughter to get her to know that God is in control. Instead, I said to her, I need you to calm down. I need you to calm down because if you arrive like this, if you go through tonight, you're going to make it worse for her. Which is true. You know that. You cannot as a parent panic in a situation of crisis. You just can't. If you think you can, come for lessons. You can't. All wise. I was morally doing the right thing. And I think even wisdom from my, my elders would have said, it's the right thing to do. But the focus for me was on what I can bring in the situation. I was not being holy like Jesus is holy. I was being your Han. Do you get the point? Distractions are not just sin. It is when we miss that the focus of every situation should be Jesus Christ, Him glorified. I, 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 I'm, I'm still thinking, is it my own pride that w w wanted me to say that I'm the savior of the situation again? Or, or did I just 
was I so stressed that I just thought, let's, let's just resolve this issue quickly. So don't stress. I'm not going to go into depression and, and chastise myself. I, like I've dealt with God. I know I'm forgiven. And next time I will think twice before I bring a solution and not Jesus. In this, I'm not saying the solution that God gives you is not for the situation. I'm saying, can we bring Jesus and the solution? My friend thanked us. She's like, thank you so much. Wonderful. Everything is calm. I've got photos and whatever. We, we did that. The situation is okay. But I missed the focus there. I missed the focus. I missed the point of making them know that Jesus is there for them no matter what. Instead, I've built towards myself. I'll go and fix it. So this morning, um, that's the point that we have. There's no one, two, three. Last week, I felt God was restoring hope for your purpose as a person. That's why you guys came to the front. Can you remember? This, th- this week, I feel like God is saying, there's not just one big purpose in your life. You must have a purpose-filled daily living in Him. I'm asking this week the question is, what do you need to lay down today that is destroying your purpose-filledness? Does that make sense? I missed my purpose-filledness last night. Maybe it's just me. I'm all right. I've confessed it now in public, so that's gone. But what is distracting you at this very moment from walking daily with purposefulness in Christ? I felt this morning God wants to restore that to you. I felt like he wants to take some faces and say, you are staring at that purpose that's over there. God, you've given me a word. I'll preach to a thousand. And he's saying, well, the purposeful to achieve that today is to read your word and to start to speak, to preach to one person or two people or ten people or your home group for that matter. There are too many carcasses along this road of people that got distracted by that big purpose in my future that missed the purposefulness of everyday living with Christ. Because I promise you, and I don't like to quote people that I don't like, but like Lao Tzu said, that the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. You want to achieve that big purpose in God? Live a purposeful life every day. Be holy as He is holy. Don't be distracted because He wasn't distracted. Focus on what He is, what He brings. Maybe lay down a little of yourself. Just stand.